breathing in air the fake ain't phony they're just seeing impaired because you believe what you see or believe what ain't there the real world is twisted and to me it ain't fair because greedy people seem welcome to the voices in my head the intro and outro music is west and coast by the high council you can check them out on soundcloud Welcome back. If you've been enjoying my podcast and YouTube channel, please hit that like and subscribe button. Really appreciate it. Came across this interesting article and not so much police accountability, but it does have to do with law enforcement in general. This has to do with a corrections officer that is being charged with reckless homicide. An inmate died and his actions, in my opinion, not an attorney, not a legal scholar, just in my humble opinion, was completely reckless. Corrections officer is being held accountable and a jury will hear the case. So let's get into this. I'm on cleveland19.com. This article is dated October 29th, 2023. The headline is former Richland County Corrections Officer Facing Trial for Reckless Homicide of Inmate. Victim's family wants additional officers held accountable. Warning, this report features video that viewers may find disturbing. Now I'm going to show a small portion of the video because it is very disturbing. And I'm going to just show what I think is the blatant reckless behavior that may have led to the death of this young man. Now, obviously, I'm not a coroner. I'm not forensics. I'm just looking at what this guy did. And considering the George Floyd incident, I have a feeling this guy may be spending some time in jail. All right, let's get into the article. This is uh, Richland County, Ohio. A former Richland County corrections officer is set to go to trial next week, charged with manslaughter and reckless homicide. The case involves an inmate who died after being restrained by the officer. Now the victim's family wants the other officers involved also be held accountable. For years, Donald Mould has been seeking justice in the death of his 29-year-old son, Alex Rios. And here's a quote from Mr. Mould. I never referred to him as my stepson, okay? He was my son. So this was a stepfather, but he raised this young man, treated him as a son. The family admits Rios had some run-ins with the law and a history of drug problems. Now, the Back to Blue crowd will immediately jump on that and say, this guy was a criminal. And if he wasn't doing drugs and he wasn't doing all these bad things, he would still be alive today. And there is an argument to that. At the same time, officers need to be using restraint and not acting out of frustration or anger, which I am wondering if that's what happened here. So here's a quote from Mould again. But he had come home and he was trying to get clean up. And he was. He was working every day. But all that changed on September 19, 2019. Now, this is prior to George Floyd. If this happened after George Floyd with what this guy did, I think we would have saw the trial happening a lot sooner, the charges happening a lot sooner, and I think it would be a foregone conclusion this guy would be going to jail. Just with everything that happened with George Floyd and putting a knee on someone's neck, every police department has nixed that. No one is allowed to do it, and anybody caught doing that is going to get in big trouble, and if someone dies or is injured, major, major lawsuit and charges against that cop just because of what happened with George Floyd. So back to but all that changed on September 19, 2019, when Rios was arrested for a misdemeanor domestic dispute in Wakeman. He was transported to the Richland County Jail for an outstanding warrant. Video obtained from the Richland County Sheriff's Office.
office shows that after several hours, Rios stands up on a half-wall divider in his cell and begins shouting to officers. That's when they open his door cell and try placing him in a restraint chair. But when officers open the door, Rios bolts past them. The video shows at least five officers soon catch up with him, tackling him to the ground. Watch the video. All that is true. That is in the video. He does. He has some type of mental or psychotic break. Don't know if he was on drugs at that time or he could just had a mental break. And when they opened the door, he just fled. He tried to get out. He wasn't going anywhere. And I'm sure that angered or frustrated the deputies and five jump on top of him. So back to the article. What the video shows in the next four minutes is hard to watch. Officers wrestle with Rios and turn him onto his stomach. Tase him, tase him, yells a female officer. Taser, 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 another officer says as the taser sizzles. Yes, that's all in the video. You can see that. Don't know who the female officer is, if she's in charge. They all have him down to the ground. There's five four or five guys on top of him. He's pinned to the ground. Now, obviously, they can't get cuffs on him, but they have control of the situation. Not really sure why they need to tase him. Not a use of force expert. A use of force expert may come in during the trial saying, yep, that was perfectly legal. That was acceptable. That is common practice. Don't know about that. And I'm not really having too much problems with the tasing. So here's Rios now. All right, can someone help? Can someone explain? Can you explain to me? So obviously, he's having some episode now, it could be drugs. Don't know that. I'm sure in the trial, the toxicology report will come out. But if he had no drugs, then he had just had a mental break. Dry tase him, yells a female officer, which at that point, I'm questioning why. Now, if she's in charge, I'm questioning dry tasing him. I mean, at that point, watching the video, they had total control of him. The article continues, dry tasing involves applying a taser directly to someone's skin. Meanwhile, officers continue trying to handcuff Reyes while placing shackles on his feet. One officer is seen punching Reyes in the head twice as the other presses his face into the concrete. Why they're punching him, I do not know. I'm sure both sides are going to have use of force experts on this trial and are going to argue that their side did the correct thing based on standard practices, protocols, procedures, training, whatever. I just question, you have him under control. And a lot of times you get four or five guys on you. You can't move your arms. They're holding your arms. So I'm not sure how they can say he's not allowing us to put the handcuffs on him when I got one or two people holding my right arm as one or two people are holding my left arms. I can't move them behind my back. I'm unable to do that. So back to this. At this point, the video shows correction officer Mark Cooper. Now, this is the corrections officer that is on trial. Stepping on top of Rios's upper back with his right foot. 20 seconds later, Cooper moves his foot down behind Rios's neck. Soon Cooper is seen applying his full weight on Rios, putting both of his feet on the back of his neck. Cooper remains in that position for seven long seconds. This is why I'm going to play the video because what they're describing is technically, factually true. There is more I think they're leaving out. And if you're watching on YouTube, you're going to see this. Right there, you see the officer has his right foot on Rios's neck. His left foot is completely off the ground. That means this corrections officer's full weight is on his neck, which means his neck is trying is being pushed flat to the ground. Our neck is not meant to bend that way. Now, with the whole George Floyd death, the defense argued that Chavez's knee was really not on Floyd's neck, but it was on his upper back. And it was the perspective of the person taking the video that 
made it appear this way. This is not a matter of perspective. His right foot is on the back of his neck, and you actually see it's more of his heel, and his toes are probably more on his upper back, and his left foot is off the ground, which means the full weight is on the neck and the upper back of Rios. And the fact that he put his left foot down a couple of times, he's probably falling backwards. In my opinion, once again, guys, I'm not a forensic. I'm just looking at this, just knowing how people stand and how I stand. I'm thinking most of his weight is on his heel rather than on the ball of his foot or his toes, because then he would be leaning forward and he would not be falling backwards. At the same time, if I'm the defense, I'm going to say he was being knocked backwards because of the scuffle. And it was one of the other corrections officer was pushing him back. Or, and we don't see this in the video, is are his hands on the shoulders of other corrections officers because then he could say I was controlling how much weight I was putting on his neck. The fact that he took his other foot off the ground to me says he was trying to put as much as possible. Once again, my opinion. Back to the article. Once again, officers tase Rios. Ah, you tased me, Rios screams. Click it off. Turn it off, yells one male officer. I'm not sure what that means. Is to stop tasing him or what? Once again, an officer strikes Rios twice in the head. Meanwhile, officers continue trying to shackle his ankles. Not sure why they're punching him in the back of the head, but we're going to see since he was asphyxiated, it could have been both or a combination or either one. It could it could have been the punches to the back of the head, broke his neck or did something or stopped his breathing, collapsed his throat. I mean, I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm just looking at this as if I was a juror sitting on the jury watching this. I don't understand why this is necessary. I'm going to skip over down a couple of sentences. After three minutes of standing and kneeling on Rios, Cooper finally gets off of him. Okay. Hey, you two ready? One male officer asks. Rolling, rolling, another replies. He's turning blue, says one officer. He's turning blue. So he's dying or dead at that moment. Hear me? Get up, Cooper says to Rio. So Cooper, the officer that's being charged, is yelling at him to stand up, but he's turning blue. He's probably unconscious at this time. He's turning blue, he says a female officer. The officers can then be seen pulling Rios up from the floor to put him in the restraint chair. His body falls limp and he's unresponsive. Rios' family says by that time it was too late. He's brain dead. He's on a ventilator, said Mold. What in heaven name could have happened? Rios never gained consciousness. Seven days later, he was pronounced dead in the hospital. Then I'm watching this and I'm like, I see the cover up. Now, once again, guys, I'm not big fans of the police. That's why I see a cover up. While family members waited for answers, the autopsy report would only raise more questions. Richland County Coroner Dan Bruwell determined Rios' death was accidental and the primary cause was due to, quote, excited delirium. Now, I've never heard of that term. And the first time I heard that in this watching the news article was that is a BS made up term, excited delirium. According to numerous medical journals, excited delirium is characterized by severe agitation combined with aggressive behavior, tolerance to pain, and extreme physical strength. But the condition itself remains controversial because it cannot be clearly diagnosed. Now, the coroner is trying to diagnose this post-mortem. Now, I can see if he is alive, he's in the hospital, maybe he's has a um, collapsed lung, but he's doing well, and doctors do blood tests or other tests that can say an MRI scan of the brain that say and say, yes, this points to this condition. But to do it post-mortem says, I'm going to label this as an accident because the sheriff called me and told me to do it that way. Once again, just my opinion. And here is a retired forensic pathologist, Paul 
Mattis. It's terrible. It's nonsense. It's shameful, said retired forensic pathologist Paul Mattis. Excited delirium has been used historically for since the 80s to cover up misbehavior. Now, he's being politically correct. To me, it's to hide the corruption of the police department, of law enforcement's doing bad things. So coroners label the death as excited delirium to cover up a unintentional death of an inmate or of someone being arrested. Mold had questions and was referred to Mattis to learn more about his son's potential cause of death. Mattis has conducted hundreds of autopsies during his 47-year practice. He once served as the president of the Ohio State Coroners Association and served on the board of directors for years. So this guy that's saying this is a made-up term, it's BS, has the credentials behind him. He probably has more credentials and more experience than the actual coroner that did the autopsy. Mattis pointed out that the term excited delirium is not recognized by the American Medical Association, National Association of Medical Examiners, or the World Health Organization. AMA, the top medical organization in the country, and I think basically the only medical association does not recognize this. National Association of Medical Examiners, not sure if that's the only one, but one of them is saying it doesn't exist, or the World Health Organization does not recognize this term. Back to the article, although Mattis didn't conduct the autopsy, he did review the video and determined that Rio died from asphyxiation that was caused by restraint from the corrections officers. Quote, he was taking terminal expiratory gasp and and expirations where they were pushing air out of him. He couldn't breathe. Yes, you got four men, let's say an average of 200 pounds. You could easily have anywhere from six to 1,000 pounds on you. That would be very hard to breathe. In 2020, the Bureau of Criminal Investigations completed an investigation into the case and referred it to Medina County Special Prosecutor Forrest Thompson. Last December, a grand jury charged Cooper with reckless causing the death of Rios. 19 investigation caught up with Cooper at his home in Shiloh see if he would comment about the incident. I can't talk to you. You have to talk to my attorney, said Cooper. Yep, I have no problems with that. He should not talk to the news. Cooper's attorney, James Mayer, also declined comment. Then Richland County Sheriff Steve Sheldon provided a statement. And to me, it's just a normal BS statement saying, hey, we take care of our prisoners. At the same time, we trust the judicial system and we're going to just let this play out. I'm going to jump over to a law firm. It's called gafirm.com and it's Gornis About. Hopefully I'm pronouncing these people's name correctly. They actually have the penalty for the charges and reckless manslaughter is a F3 felony, third degree felony. And it has right here what the potential prison sentence or the potential punishment if this correctional officer is found guilty of a third degree felony. It is nine months to three years in prison, up to $10,000 monetary fine, up to three years post-release control, and then some F3s qualify for one to five years in prison. Don't know whether that fits it. I'm quite, I'm thinking maybe because that's probably the most severe of the F3s. Glad to see this officer being charged, but I'm questioning why the one that whoever was punching him in the back of the head, whether I was one or or two different officers needs to be charged. And I think all the rest, maybe not. If you're just helping hold down some feet, you're not involved as much and you don't know what's going on, especially the whoever is down at the feet cannot see what's happening at the head. So I'm I'm questioning whether they should be held accountable. Like I say, always with these type of trials, this correction officer is innocent 
until proven guilty. It is the DA's burden to prove to the jury or to a judge if he has a bench trial beyond a shadow of a doubt that this correction officer actually committed the crime as defined in the Ohio statues. And if he did not, then he does not go to jail. As much as I think this is horrific, as much as I think this correctional officer acted reckless and his actions led to the death of this young man, that's not the way our system works. I don't get to decide that. A jury in Ohio will hear all the evidence and then decide. I'm questioning whether they are going to plead it down the last minute or does his attorney think they have a good chance. Either way, we'll, we'll have to see how this plays out. Everything in here has just been my opinion. Thanks for listening. I could run the whole block just from walking the line. Pocket is prime. These are the thoughts of my mind. And I'm a straight rider, never stopping the sign. And I'm only slowing down if I'm stopping the sign. Six figures on the check before I'm jotting the line. It goes one for the money, two for the clothes, three for the honeys, and a four for the flows. Five O's and six.